Hello and welcome to the Pioneers of the Great Awakening. Today we have an amazing guest, Will Keller, and he is um, a freedom activist, animist, spiritual anarchist, public speaker, and a father. Will is the co-creator of the Natural Freedom League video podcast, the Freedom Under Law Under Natural Law conferences and a content creator on the One Great Work Net Network. Will is devoted and morally obligated to increase the awareness of human suffering by educating the public on the causal factors such as objective morality, conscious parenting, parenting metaphysics, and natural rights and natural law. Welcome, Will, to the podcast. It's an honor to have you join us today. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Beautiful. So uh, tell us something interesting about yourself that most people don't know. Mm, interesting. Good, good question. Um, most people now understand me as a public speaker or a content creator for those topics that you mentioned from my bio. Uh, not that many people, and I have mentioned it here and there, but not that many people know that I was an international rapper uh, in the music industry for about uh, 13, 14 years before my quote unquote, you know, awakening and uh, awareness. Um, so yeah, I traveled all throughout the United States. Uh, I went to Southeast Asia, um, all over the place and did lots of shows, radio, television. Uh, I released four um, albums. So self-named al albums and I ran a record label. So I had producers, I had multiple artists, we did venues, um, all kinds of stuff. So that was a, that was a big portion of my life. Oh, that's epic. What kind of rap, what kind of hip hop? Yeah. So I, I'm from born and raised in the Bay area. So, uh, we, we pride ourselves, uh, on having our own style of, uh, hip hop and rap, right. Bay area music. Um, so it was, that was pretty much the flavor of it. Uh, I wish I could say it was more conscious hip hop or rap, uh, but it was not. It was straight party music, um, and it was just you know trying to get the the good vibe in the club going or in the party, and that's what we focused on. And also you know some R and B. And actually later on in my uh, career, I gravitated towards uh, live performance with a band. And I kind of embraced more of a reggae style hip hop, which was, you know, freestyling on stage, also freestyling with the band. So we called it, um, I have a nickname. I went by Chill Will and uh, my nickname was Mr. Peanut Butter. I know it's funny. I'm, I'm giving you the juicy details. And then the with the band, it was the Strawberry Jam Band featuring Mr. Peanut Butter. So and, uh, you know, it was more. I would say more family friended, you know, a lot of kids would come out and we would just jam and freestyle. And uh, it, it was a really good time. Um, but my previous albums were just straight rap, uh, you know, grungy party music. Um, and uh, some of the artists I had under my label, they absolutely were conscious hip hop artists and, and released some, some uh, incredible albums. Um, so that's something that's on my list later on down the road is to try to, uh, you know, knock the dust off the old pipes and and record a more uh, more conscious uh, hip hop album. Awesome. And that's definitely needed right now. Music has an incredible power to reach at this point. And you see with like Tom McDonald and, you know, people like that that are really like stepping out and just putting it out. But they could be a little bit more spiritual than that. You know, it could sure. have so much more. And uh, I used to also be a musician also a long time. I mean, I'm still a musician. You never stopped being a musician. I did that in the 2000s in Seattle and, you know, grunge oh, bands cool. and that whole stuff. Yeah, awesome. We'll talk about that at some point. But Excellent. I want to I dive into your story. What was your fork in the road, the moment that, you know, led you to this timeline where you are right now and mm. who you have become? Excellent. Great question. Um, so my the major um, Claticus uh, fork in the road was definitely um, becoming a father, right? And also exiting my music career. But upon exiting my music career, I found myself in a battle of addiction. 
uh, with, with opiates. So I had no clue how I found myself in this position. You know, I would just take them, go into a party. It started off casual and then ended up into, you know, full-blown addiction. And I battled with that for about a year and a half to two years. And um, that was the, the catalyst, absolutely, because upon healing myself and pulling myself out of the trenches of my own internal hell and purgatory, um, I really had to face myself. And the, you know, I functioned really well, even though going through um, this battle, uh, I mean, went to work, you know, family and friends didn't even know that I was kind of suffering um, uh, in this in this sense. But what it did was it made me look in the mirror, literally, and ask myself, how did I get here? What makes me tick? What's my psychology? And really analyze and ask the deep uh, internal questions about oneself. And that was the turning point, um, healing myself and then continuing that process and asking those questions and really stepping onto the path of, uh, of truth discovery of oneself, but also continuing that and uh, applying it externally to what is going on in the world um, and you know the causal factors and how to create change. So that absolutely was the fork in the road. And I think you know I think a lot of people even nowadays can kind of relate to that. Even within the truth and freedom spiritual community, I think addiction um, is is prevalent. Um, even out of those communities, addiction is prevalent because addiction is not just you know what we consider hardcore drugs, um, you know, television, um, anything that um, disrupts your operation or holds you back from growth and has a negative influence that is on you know a continuous basis, meaning that it your judgment is clouded and it's dictated by either this behavior or substance um, is definitely a type of addiction for sure. Um, even the addiction to ignorance, I think, is one of the most prevalent um, addictions that people have, right? They refuse to look at anything, any, any factual evidence or the truth, and, um, and it's a big problem. So it's a good topic. I think people can relate to that. It's so interesting. Yeah, I had my own thing with that. I, I, you know, a lot of people smoke weed. Uh, you know, they can't handle it, but I did it for like 20-something years all the time. Okay. I did like stop by at, at the end of it when we had that um the the scandemic kicking in, you know, uh, I, I had a moment of revelation because I lived in an alternate universe. I, I lived in a completely different parallel reality. And I was never the kind of functional stoner that nobody knows I'm stoned. You know, I'm the one that I'm like, woohoo. So, <laughs> yep, I can know, relate. You know those. And then the couch, you know, couch potato, you know, watching Netflix and shit. So I yeah. got all these incredible projects just shelved there that half finished. And it was kind of like a revelation for me. It's like, wake the fuck up. God, God damn it. There's work to do. There's look at, look at what's happening. It's happening. Mm -hmm. You've known about this for, you know, 20, 20 years, you know, now it's happening and it's getting serious. So, so it was like a slap in the face and, and I, and I got it. And I, and I, I totally quit. I mean, I'm, I know that there's people that, that, that they use it for health and they have great benefits and all that stuff. But for me, it was an addiction. Mm -hmm. And so it was holding me back from growth when I stopped it. A huge thing. I started my podcast and, you know, I've done so much more in the last three years than I did in the last 20. Yeah. So it's I totally relate with what with what you're saying. It's incredibly important. Yeah. And, you know, for me, the reason why it was the catalyst is because we have to understand the substance itself is not the problem. That's not the problem. The cause is always in oneself in the mind because the, the mental realm is the causal level. That's where the causal factor is. So I'm a huge proponent on plant medicine, um, herbs, all types of stuff, right? That um, for for health, but yet any of these substances or these plants, supplements, whatever, could be some type of substance that is addictive. That can be addiction. So it's the behavior that is making it an issue, and that always is derived by the psychological aspect in oneself.
So I, I really like what you said. And I can resonate with cannabis on that as well. Um, I had my, my time period where cannabis was a driving force in my life. And then I had that realization, like, look, this is not serving me anymore. Um, it's, it's clouding my discernment and my judgment. So I respect it. I love cannabis. It's a powerful uh, medicine and uh, an, an assistance that can be utilized, but it's not my time for it right now. And I had to put it on the back burner. And get stuff done. Absolutely. Absolutely. Sure. So tell me, what was your worst moment in your journey where you hit like rock bottom, the dark moment where you, you know, you had to actually find yourself because there was nothing else but, you know, that place. Sure. Yeah. Within my addiction journey or just my journey of awareness? The entire journey that got you to become Will now. Yeah. You know, coming out of my addiction and on that journey of truth discovery and diving into, uh, you know, huge categories, especially occultism and, you know, what, what true spirituality is and what that means. There's, um, there's an uplifting time. It's, you know, very euphoric. But then once you start to analyze and have a correct diagnosis of what is going on in the world, it's fucking depressing. And I think a lot of people, even nowadays, right, we can see the pandemic. This was uh, an activator of awareness for a lot of people, you know, very similar to like 9-11, where it wakes people up, people have an, an increased level of awareness. And then if they pursue correctly, um, and the the facts and logic and reasoning and expand that to what's going on in the world you will find some very dark stuff and this can be very depressing for a lot of people i know it was for me it um it was it was paralyzing um in some aspects i mean there was a you know a period of time um in my awareness where it the depression was kicking in but then the internal work the shadow work, it's continual, right? It is, it's a lifelong process in this incarnation. It's not just you do a little bit and then, okay, you made it, you're on top of the hill and you just carry on. No, it is a continual process. So that was something that was also a turning point was that doing the internal work coming out of, you know, in the time period of addiction and then having the fluff phase of spirituality and and being on that high but then also learning to continue to do that internal work when i was discovering what is going on in the world and all the d dark aspects of we are at war a war for consciousness a war for souls and for energy um and you know children what's going on in the world with children how children are the currency for this parasitical uh, psychopathic class of individuals that are engineering and influence, influencing the minds of humanity and then the ignorance of humanity as well. So, you know, this is dark, the inner workings of the, the shadow aspect of society, and that can be very depressing. So, you know, working my way out of that, grounding myself, and then understanding that I have a moral obligation to towards right action to go public and express and communicate and educate other minds to increase their awareness and hopefully influence them and inspire them to take action within themselves. Absolutely. I know exactly what you're talking about. I got that same awakening 1998 right and I learned about all that stuff. And then I was depressed for like, you know, 20 years, <laughs> Until I was, you know, hoping that there was some sort of spiritual intercept, interception or something. And then I, it dawned on me, it's up to us to wake yes. up, to stand up and, you know, show up. Nobody's going to come and save us. You know, yes, yes, there's assistance and there's work on other layers of reality. But it's our responsibility to grow up from being, you know, teenagers and, mm. and actually take responsibility for our planet clean out the cockroaches, you know, and, you know, make sure that we have a future for, for everybody, for the children, for civilization, and then evolve into a higher state of consciousness. Absolutely. But I totally understand what you're saying, man. It's, it's like, and I see a lot of people, you know, 
I, I sometimes I wonder how they can handle it because I thankfully I had a lot of support and a lot of information. A lot, I met a lot of great people, but people just suddenly realizing that everything is, you know, a, it's, a, it's a theater and then their whole life is just made out of, you know, cotton candy. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, you realize, well, what is true? And then finding themselves surrounded by people that are totally sleepwalking and having to actually live like that. My heart goes out to everybody out there. That's that's also why I'm doing what I'm doing. The same reason, because there's yes. so many people out there, great people waking up and they're on their own. Like, am I going insane? This is madness, you know, yeah. and then realizing it is true. It is happening. How challenging. Yeah, absolutely. And I commend you for, you know, for doing this, this great work. Um, and... <clears throat> Finding yourself alone in this world when you have, you know, an idea of what's going on, when you're awakening to the truth of what's going on in reality, that absolutely itself can be extremely depressing. We've seen it, you know, a lot, especially in the last three, four years for people. I think uh, like-minded individuals communicating and coming together and forming their own support groups, I think that is very, very important. Uh, we need this this support within our communities. Um, and again, there's a lot of division within the truth, freedom, spirituality communities, which is a shame, which is you know part of my task of kind of educating people of first principles, the foundational aspects of a relationship and of ourselves and reality. And so, but forming these, you know, communities and these support groups, they're like nodes from there. It can assist uh, uh, our own personal evolution and also evolution for, uh, for humanity as well. So, you know, I, again, I commend you for, for doing this work. Thank you. And we're all in this together. That's right. What, what was the lesson, the deepest lesson that you learned on this dark place? If you can put it into some cohesive kind of, you know, the one thing that you got out of there, or many things, I mean, whatever you, you want to, however deep you want to go. Yeah. One of the biggest lessons you actually already touched on it, right? Is that there are no saviors. There's nobody coming here to save us. So the realization that each individual human being has a moral um, obligation and duty to activate during this time and take action that was one of the biggest lessons and the and the activator for me that lit the fire under my ass to 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 start doing this work it was about two years of um you know gathering information understanding it processing it and uh about two years that i was choosing escapism versus right action I would, you know, I wanted to homestead. I wanted to escape, quote unquote, the matrix and go up into the mountains and, you know, have my farmstead and, and do my thing and just kind of um, be passive on what is going on in the world. <clears throat> and that's not the correct action, right? When you understand that we are at war and that our individual energy that we are putting out into the environment has an effect. This is how we're going to create change. There are no white hats out there that are secretly working in government to uh, to rescue us. There are no saviors, so to say, as the cultural religion religionists want to say, that are going to come down. There are no um, beings that are gonna, the you know the Pallades or any type of other beings that are going to come down and save us. It is up to us, and it's up to each individual to take some form or fashion some type of action in this endeavor of evolution and freedom. Because like I say in my work, freedom is the meaning of life. If you don't have freedom, then you cannot evolve spiritually in consciousness for the soul, um, for our dharma, our soul path, our purpose, right? Everyone's purpose can be individual. The, the, The macro lesson that we are here to learn as individuals, you cannot accomplish that if you do not, if you're not in a state of freedom, if you're under constant duress, coercion, violence, and slavery. So this is why that category is so important. So understanding the moral obligation um, that I myself need to take action. And then, 
learning how to do that, right? It's one thing having that realization. It's another thing actualizing it. So again, learning this process of, of truth discovery, gathering the information, processing it, and then putting it into play, putting it into action, which is also known as the trivium method, right? Um, so this is something that I touch on. And it was another big lesson for me within those two years that I was stagnant. Um, I, I had to learn how do we get a message out in modern times, right? This is not 500 years ago where we could write letters and send them out and that would be considered being literate and spreading a message. This is 2024. Getting a message out to the minds of humanity is done on the digital battlefield. What we are doing right here, right? This is what it's about. Of course, talking to your family and friends, going out onto the, onto the street and interacting with people. Sure, that can be done. There's a lot of growth there, you know, to learn to practice your rhetoric, but that's not the that's not the amplification of energy that we could be utilizing. So it's done through learning and understanding the tech. These are the tools. This is what technology is, right? The, the technos logi, the tools that we can utilize our logic and our creative expression and spread a message of true freedom, sovereignty, morality, um, and, and nature and educate people and inspire people. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, it's, um, at a spirit, deeper spiritual level, every act that we take is affecting the field and interconnecting us all. So I do believe we are the white hats, you know, and there That's are right. white hats. Well, there are white hats inside governments, inside organizations. There's people at the different levels in their work, whatever work that is, that they're doing their personal work. They're showing up. They're making that difference. They're learning the things that need to be learned. Because they have, have have that natural inner drive that's saying, it's time. This is mm -hmm. time to wake up. It is happening. And so uh, I do believe there's a, there's a great, like you say, it's a war, right? And there's warriors in all levels of the sphere, right? Inside government. But it is not about becoming, again, dependent. Because that's what we're stepping out of being. The, that's why we ended up here. Because we fell asleep on the driving wheel. They're being dependent on the government and be dependent on their health organizations to tell us how what health means and you know dependent on the financial system you know dependent 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 so it's about becoming sovereign and as sovereign we vibrate a frequency tone that links us together like a powerful net that changes reality at the subatomic structure absolutely so absolutely so what keep you know could, keeping all of this in mind what keeps you still to this day? What keeps you up at night? Um, if I'm kept up at night, um, there's a couple things. I, I do I do sleep fairly good. Um, what keeps me up? One, you know, my daughter, uh, just being a father, being the protector, and also being in a co-parenting relationship right? So we are separated. Um, so I'm always thinking about my daughter. <clears throat> and you know, this transfers into just children in general. Uh, a big part of my work is talking about conscious parenting. Um, but the the aspect with my daughter is just outside influences. Um, I am not one that shelters my daughter. I am one I am a, a father that believes in telling your children the truth uh number one young children my daughter is 10 by the way so she can handle because she doesn't have all the layers of programming and conditioning um from just culture and and uh, government schooling and stuff like that that a lot of the adults have already um young children can handle the truth fairly well and i think it's important that we don't lie to them but just uh just you know, making sure she is safe. Of course, being in a co-parenting situation, um, I can't control her, her mother. So, you know, things that I wish her mother would understand or do, um, I, all I can do is influence and try to communicate. Um, and what everything that I do and everything her mother does has a direct 
you know, influence and an effect on our daughter as well. So that's something, um, I mean, again, it doesn't keep me up, you know, every night, but that's something that's on my mind. Um, just being a better person and being mainly a, be a better father. Um, I have very strong connection with, with my daughter. Uh, we're, we're besties. So um, that's a great aspect of my life. But, um, and then I would say just contemplating um, other ways to communicate the, the message that, that I do, different forms and fashions to amplify my message. Uh, that's something that I think about a lot, right? I do a lot of presentations. So how can I say um, this message in a different way to reach a different type of people? Um, what are some of the modalities that I can take to amplify my message or reach a certain demographic? Um, and then, you know, just understanding the, the dark aspects of, of just reality and what is going on that necessarily does not keep me up at night. I have integrated that. Um, and again, that took me some time, uh, extremely depressing and horrific in the beginning, but I've integrated that and I just know that I have to do what I can do and, um, you know, protect my loved ones around me and stick to the script of right action. It's so true because, you know, as soon as you start taking action, that is a relief because knowing all these atrocities are going on, it, it gnaws us at your soul away because you're not doing anything but as soon as you're doing stuff you know it's not like you have solved the problem but you are doing your part and that really uh, allows me to sleep because you know you know I, I don't know if everybody's like that but you're i'm like that you know if, if i know this there's an injustice going on i cannot just mm -hmm. you know, look by you know I, I have to i have to do something and so yes. working on your stuff that definitely that that is the, probably the best medicine that I would recommend to everybody that's suffering from, you know, the realization of the darkness of, of what's going on. That's what kept me up for a long time was the trying to break, trying to start, trying to break that inertia and gain the momentum. Right. The hardest part is starting and we need to dive within our own psychology and look at these these roadblocks. Right. What is hindering ourselves to take action so sitting idly by that kept me up at night um, until finally just it compounded and again same process as i did when i was in my dark days of addiction I looked in the mirror and asked myself what's holding me back right and and write them down on a piece of paper then i slap them on my big whiteboard and just start dissecting myself so i i can totally relate to you i've always been someone that it an injustice hits me right in the soul right so i mean even um in my local reality i'm not one that would just walk by and if, if i see someone getting violated i would record them on my phone i would intervene at some level verbally physically or whatever so um justice absolutely and you know it's it's ironic that this is where humanity is at now we're at a a place of collective justice cosmic justice where the the energy and the lack of action that humanity has taken for hundreds and hundreds of years we are we are starting to see the effect of that well we have been seeing the effect of that um and i agree with you especially in the last three years um i personally don't say uh, a great awakening because i think there are some objective standards that would have to qualify a quote unquote awakening but i do say there is a great awareness going on there are a lot of people that understand something is not right they see the duress and coercion and violence within government on both sides doesn't matter if it's a left or a right uh, political side they see the theatrics of it um, they understand the the medical industry is fraudulent and is violent as well. So there's more people that are interested into more holistic um, realms of healing uh, versus the allopathic system. So we see this increased awareness, and I think that's great. That is the first step 
for sure. That's also a great opportunity for people to activate and get onto the battlefield to, uh, to express information and to create change. It's also a double-edged sword because when you have a, a, a great awareness, you have a heightened sense of consciousness. This is what consciousness is. It is a, an awareness, but yet you are opened. Um, so it's, it is easy to be misdirected and infiltrated on a psychological level and an energetic level. So again, it's very important to understand uh, critical thinking what that entails, understand the objective principles of reality, of nature, natural law, how reality manifests, and that we are co-creators in this reality. This is why our individual effort um, applies to the collective sphere. This is what the collective is. It's comprised of individuals. So uh, the energy that we put out has an effect on the ethers. Um, so it's it's very important it's a hell of a time to be alive i know that that that's a fact um and things that we couldn't talk about 50 years ago a lot of people are talking about now um so that's an increase of awareness in the new age of aquarius this is what the aquarian energy is it is mental it's the air element it's networking humanitarian um collaborations uh so it is this is the time uh, i think where the time that we're living in now is definitely going to divide and and give us clarity on where we're going to be in the next 10 to 20 years for sure so just uh, you know jumping from that one what is your vision for humanity's future mm, excellent well uh I i'm a realist and Will and can are definitely two, two sides of the polarity and to the spectrum. I've had a gift and a curse. Uh, I, I can see the potential in things, I, whether that be my garden, whether that be in a relationship, in an individual. I can interact with someone for a certain period of time and I can see their potential. That has done me wrong many times in relationships. I can see the potential in humanity. I understand the potential of humanity that we can create and co-create a, a state of true freedom. But I also understand that there are requirements for that. Those requirements are correct knowledge and understanding the fun fundamental principles of nature and truth. Um, and if we do not reach those requirements for change, then we absolutely are not going to reach uh, a turning point in uh, the condition that we are seeing now, the condition of slavery. We're not going to see a state of freedom uh, if we don't meet those requirements. So I am a realist. I am an optimist as well. Um, it is absolutely possible for humanity to activate in and in, in the aggregate in the collective and we can really set on a path of of just turning this around uh but then again this is my whole message is understanding that we say we want freedom we say we want sovereignty we say we want evolution we say that we want health but those do not manifest by the thought or the feeling the thought and the feeling must be there in that order, but there is a requirement of action that must be in place in this reality. We, the act ion to pe perform the energy, that must be there in that order. Thoughts, emotions, and actions. So we are not going to, um, we're not going to sit in the lotus position and repeat affirmations that are going to project us and ascend us into a state of freedom or evolution. That is not going to happen by the laws of nature. What is going to happen is understanding that as I think, so I feel, and so I act, and that action is required. So can humanity evolve 
and activate towards a state of true freedom and sovereignty and cohesion and symbiosis in nature, absolutely it can be done. But will it is a completely different thing. Um, so that's that's the whole heart of my message. You know, obviously getting into the details of what we need to know to create change, but explaining that simple fact that we need to activate individually. So um, as far as in the short term where we are going, uh, we are we are on we're at the fork in the road. I absolutely see that we're at this time where a major pivot could happen and we can turn for the better or it can turn for the worse. So that fork in the the road, I think in the next several months to a year to a couple years, we are going to see the the fruits or lack thereof of the now. Of all our work indeed. Sure. So what are you doing right now to contribute to this vision? You've already, you know, we've you've already shared a lot of what you're doing, but if you want to go into more specific, more depth, yeah. what are you doing to uh, contribute to this vision? Excellent. So I'll kind of give uh, how I started. Um, I, in 2019, um, I started making videos on social media, YouTube channel and stuff like that. That was the introduction to my, my the public scene. And then educated myself on the technology. How do we correctly get a message out efficiently and effectively? Um, I met a group of locals uh, that formed a support group. I met my partner at the time, John, and we created the Natural Freedom League video podcast, which was fantastic. Um, we have to, we've taken a break on that. We got 78 episodes, had some fantastic guests and, you know, kind of just did casual conversations uh, like we're doing now. And that was fantastic. I highly recommend people check those out. Some really good uh, researchers and teachers and educators. Uh, and then from there, uh, became a content creator on Mark Passio's uh, One Great Work Network which is a hub of content creators, over 75 uh, plus creators, uh, all under the umbrella of natural law, true freedom and objective morality. And we all have our own creative essence on how we express uh, the information that we do. Um, and uh, so started doing some live shows on there as well. And then the same support group that I met in 2019, we actually decided to take action within our group and we formed the Freedom Under Natural Law Conference. And this is a free two-day online virtual conference that we live stream. And we did the third one last year, and we we're in the works of doing the fourth one. And we invited some fantastic guests, um, Andrew Kaufman, Richard Grove, uh, Mark Passio. I mean, you can go to the website and see the list incredible incredible presentations um and that that was great to that was the the kind of the grammar stage and for people to uh, express their own work and spread the message um currently i'm focused on my individual work uh, i'm doing presentations i have about 10 formal presentations um that are out where i dive in detail into objective morality what is natural law conscious parenting um, and I'm also doing a live show every the first and third of each month currently uh, that will move weekly. But right now it's just twice a month and it is a presentation style with an open discussion at the end. Uh, so that's been really fun. And then I'm also making a course that will be free where it will be easily digestible for people to start at episode one and work their way through the tapestry and the progression that lays out all the information that I, I feel that people need to under, understand to have a correct diagnosis of what is going on in the world and how to create change. And that's also accompanied by a, uh, a secondary course on an actual how to learn and, and perform the technological aspects. So I am teaching people technology, um, 
how the inner workings of a computer and an operating system, web publishing, content publishing, live streaming, graphics, all this kind of stuff. And that will be in easy digestible videos as well. So it's piecemeal in a very strategic progression that I think is important for people um, to take in a tapestry. And that's what I'm working. That's my project currently. And that will be coming out soon. Um, I have one-on-one -on -one meetings with people, especially with people uh, with parents uh, talking about curriculums and mainly how to communicate to their children of all ages what is natural law, what is freedom, morality, natural rights, all these crucial fundamental topics that we need to understand. And my whole motto is simplify the profound, taking these profound topics of spirituality uh, and and cosmic law and simplifying them so that you can explain it to an eight-year-old or a nine-year-old or a 10-year-old, right? I think this is important. Humanity, and this can be transferred into, you know, public education. I feel humanity that itself is in such a condition of negative knowledge, meaning that how they think reality operates is completely inverted to how it truly operates, right? So the deprogramming and the unlearning phase is vast. And it's something that people, it's quite the task. This is why it's called the great work. You're trying to influence people to take a look at their programming and conditioning, how they were raised and what they believe. And dissect that and analyze that so being able to communicate these huge philosophical metaphysical moral topics to a simplistic level so someone can comprehend i think is very important and that is my whole style of expression simplify the profound beautiful clarity there's no clarity baby. more important than clarity that's definition, right? That's the, 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 the definition of the word definition is clarity of meaning. So infinite meaning to the finite, higher definition, clarity of meaning. Well said. Yeah, and that's incredibly important because, you know, when you dive into the underground of, uh, you know, information, there's a lot of bullshit there. <laughs> there's a lot of misinformation, a lot of dead ends a lot of creepy ends yeah. and so you have to have that really uh, uh fine-tuned internal navigation system that's connected through your spirituality grounds you so that you can discern and 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 sense and make choices and this oh yeah maybe this person doesn't have everything here but there's really really great nuggets here but i'm not gonna go down that rabbit hole I'm going to take here from here and here and then make my own way, you know? Hey, dude, that's a, that's a fantastic point. That's something I focus on the trivia method as well. And this is kind of the, the realm that we're, we're going into, especially with AI is that it's getting harder and harder to discern truth from fiction, from deception. So what are the tool sets for someone to make correct diagnosis and correct judgments, right? And, and to discern correctly. And like you said, there's a lot of misdirection, a lot of dead ends. Um, so these cognitive toolkits are extremely vital for one's awareness and progression. Indeed. So what do you like talking about all these kind of divergent, you know, paths and groups? What do you think we can do to inspire unity among the different groups of the awakening movement? Mm, excellent question. Um, first principles, this category, and I'll kind of give a brief explanation. This category is the great unifier ultimately truth like what is truth that is the great unifier first principles are based in truth what first principles are it is morality and natural law these are the fundamental principles that govern reality and govern ourselves so 
what's more basic and fundamental than we exist in this reality and we have interactions with other beings and with each other what's the condition of those interactions that is morality or immorality which natural rights this is what the definition of morality is the difference between right and wrong so the reason why there's so much government tyranny and coercion and duress is because human beings do not understand what a right is. They don't understand what rights are, what wrongdoings are. So if you don't understand what rights are or what morality is, then you don't understand how to correctly operate within reality. So therefore we are in a condition of self-induced suffering where we are either an individual is you know, oneself is performing the immorality, the incorrect behavior, or they are condoning and supporting in, uh, incorrect, immoral behavior. This is the condition that we're in. This is fundamental, our, our just basic interactions. When we understand objective morality, what the difference between right and wrong, this can be implemented into any system that we come up with whether it's health financial community building innovation technology if we have the moral aspect then we understand the correct thoughts and behaviors that one needs to take to uh to progress that field of endeavor for instance, if you understand the moral and ethical aspects of this reality, of nature, then you are absolutely going to have a successful, harmonious field of health. We don't have that in the allopathic, uh, any institution, any category of society is, is actually the contrary, right? It is an immoral system, whether it's health, education, um, you name it, financial, you name it, it's an immoral system. So creating alternative systems is kind of on the forefront of conversations. And that's great. That is great. But if we don't have the ethical and moral aspect rooted, these are the first principles by which we know and operate that system that will be created is going to be doomed to fail. It's just going to, it's going to grow to be another incorrect, immoral system. So this is the great unifier in, in my opinion. And this is obviously rooted in natural law. Natural law is karma. Karma means action. Natural law is cause and effect. Natural law is moral law. So as a group, as a species, as for us in humanity, if we become moral, then we will see and achieve freedom. If we are immoral, then we will see control and slavery. This is how the universe works. It's cause and effect. So understanding these first principles of truth, of nature, this is the great unifier. And this just stems into every aspect and facet of our lives. Um, once we understand that knowledge, then we can see government for what it is that it is an illegitimate immoral system and that what is a moral system is based on voluntary interaction right because if it's not voluntary it's coercive and it's control that is a wrongdoing that is incorrect so this category is to me the great unifier and you know this is the whole this is the core of my message and it's a philosophical aspect as well. There's a lot of resistance for people. Uh, I think that is due to conditioning and programming and to religious thought. And, you know, again, religion is just anything that binds back. That's the etymology of religare, re, uh, religion. And um, people thinking and being raised a certain way that humanity and that society should and has always operated one way, they think that's how it needs to be. When just because something has, has been for a long time or has always been in memory, that doesn't mean that it's right or it should be that way. Um, 
So that's the great unifier. And then understanding morality. That's, that's my short answer, objective morality. And then um, conscious parenting. If we, people are gonna have children, guaranteed, this is happening. If parents are not raising their children correctly with morality, true spirituality, freedom, natural rights, these fundamental principles, then you are, you are, what you have is a society that is uh, devolving human being, the human species, right? Because this is what raising a child means. It means raising them up in awareness, in consciousness. So applying these first principles to parenting, I think is vital because if we don't, then we're going to be constantly playing catch up or worse. It's just going to propagate ignorance. It's going to propagate this system of control um, through, you know, conditioning and programming. Um, so parents need to step up and take their power back. The whole system wants to put the wedge between mother, father, and child. And if you do that within a society, then you have total control over them. So conscious parenting. Beautiful. Exactly right. How are we going to move forward if we don't even understand reality? Exactly. You know, we have to understand how the building blocks of reality interact and form everything and how what participates, what what part we what aspect of that we we collaborate how do we integrate into this puzzle and how do we show up and actually fit the right piece in the right place because otherwise we're trying to you know put a square peg in a round hole and that that's right has never worked throughout history that's why empires fall and others rise revolutions fail because another asshole shows up and does the same thing and people are starting to do these loops so if That's we right. look at history, we got these loops. So if we really want to evolve, we need to turn it into a spiral and actually go up. And now we're moving. Exactly. So it's yes, we're doing those cycles, but they're they're kind of growing in music, right? These octaves. Now we're gonna have these different higher frequencies. That's right. Yep. Mm -hmm. Evolution versus revolution. Exactly. Revolution is just a sp spinning in the same way, you know, and so definitely yeah. we need to, we need to, and, and I think that um, there is enough knowledge and we are contributing to participating to bringing more of this information because this is data, what we're talking about, this is just data. When we, when people put it in practice, then they can actually have truth because yeah. truth comes from their experience, not from somebody telling you something. You know, it's great to have great availability of data, information, philosophy. But unless people go and have the experience, and now the experience is coming to your door, you know, it's like you don't have to go sick. It is knocking at you. You want that vaccine? You want that central bank yep. digital currency? You're like, it's, it's right, right on. So it's like people have to be taking those decisions right now. And so it's like, uh, I don't I don't see uh, a real wait for results here. It's like they're popping like popcorn, you know, it's happening because they have to people are we're on the edge, right? That's right. And you're, you're absolutely correct. It is at our door. It's in our pocket, on our phones. It's everywhere around us. So activating and taking action right now, why we can is important because soon it might not be at our door. We just might not have the the choice because we're, if we're going to be so ensconced into the control system, then creating action will be 10 times harder. So we have these phenomenal tools of technology that can be utilized. So that is important. I love what you said, that it has to be put into practice. That's the difference between knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge is not power. Knowledge is the potential for power. Power is wisdom and wisdom is knowledge applied. So wisdom itself is action. So if we are not applying the knowledge, the correct knowledge, then, you know, to know and not do is to truly not know, as the old saying goes. Absolutely. What is your favorite quote? Hmm. My favorite quote? Yeah. Actually, I have 
I'm a word junkie. I love diving into etymology. Uh, I love quotes as well. Um, there is a quote recently. I, ha I have a couple, but I'll, I'll talk about this one right now. Uh, well, the first quote that I was going to say was the, uh, the, the inscription on the Oracle of Delphi. Um, and that's kind of a long quote. The one that I'm going to say now is an engraving on uh, Mount Athos in Greece. It's on the, the ancient monastery of St. Paul. But the quote is fantastic. It says, if you die before you die, then you won't die when you die. Now, that's very, that's very uh, encrypted, right? It's occulted is what it's talking about. It's talking about the second, the twice and the thrice death of a human being. What it's talking about, it's talking about evolution in consciousness, meaning that if you die onto yourself, meaning you learn your insecurities, the shadow aspect of yourself, and you shred down the beliefs, all these false thought forms, then you will be reborn in more alignment to truth and to nature. So you are born again. This is a metaphysical and a psychological death. And you can keep doing that. So when you physically die, then you are, you are faced with a moral outcome. Um, and what this is in reference to is moral right action, which again, true wisdom would be alignment to truth and alignment to morality. Um, just as the Kamishan uh, goddess uh, uh, Maat, she would, upon when someone dies, right, she would put your heart on a scale. And again, this is allegorical. She would put your heart on a scale and then a feather would be on the other side. So she's weighing your morality or immorality and she's you know she's she's judging that so if your heart is equal to the feather then you have lived a a life that's been fulfilled through right moral action and this is what this quote means right if you die before you die then when you die you won't die so i think i i think i chopped that up if you die before you die, then you won't die when you die. So that's the quote itself. Absolutely. It's truly living. And um, I, that's exactly the work I'm doing with uh, my podcast. I don't know if you've had a chance to actually listen to the podcast because we have the pioneers is the just the, the guests. But it's all about that. It's really all about that work of the shadow and, and you know, dissolving the personality so that you can just, you know, be just seen, that point of attention. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I've seen your podcast pop up um, a while ago, and then I I absolutely watched, uh, uh, I think you might have had two episodes with uh, Demi. Um, mm -hmm. I, I had one when she I remember, interviewed me. Okay, that's right. That's right. Yep. That's the one that I saw. It was for her channel. And that, and that's when I was first familiar with you. And I then I've seen a couple other episodes too, man. So I, I love what you're doing. This is what it's about. It's about taking action and really getting into that creative essence, right? That, that the creativity is, it's just embodying source consciousness and that life force energy, uh, that animating principle. And this is why, you know, video, presentations, music, right? All of this has a profound effect on the mind, but also the heart as well. Because just like all types of, for all forms of art, right? Art is just creative expression. Um, it resonates. Not only can it make us think, you know, through logic and reason, we could feel it as well. And that's to the heart space intelligence. And uh, that has a profound effect on people. Beautiful, beautiful, absolutely. So um, let's uh, call to action to your people. Where do you want them to go visit you? What, what kind of stuff you have specifically? I mean, you've already shared some of that stuff. Um, let us know all about that stuff now. Cool. Absolutely. 
Uh, yeah, so people can go check out my work, willkeller.com. I have my The Natural Freedom League video podcast is on there. Um, I highly recommend people go check out my presentations because within my presentations, I'll take a topic and then I will lay out the logical progression within that presentation. So instead of getting kind of piecemeals of the information that I talk about, you can go through my presentations and get a larger tapestry body of information. Um, and, you know, the call to action is, is the trivium, which is grammar, logic, rhetoric, gathering all the data, all the information, and then processing that internally and understanding the correct information and then activating and putting that out into action um so yeah my presentations um, i'll give a shout out to the one great work network that is a fantastic resource for people to go and check out uh, i have my my work on there go through the content creators you're going to absolutely find someone that you resonate with there's a 24-hour live player there's live shows that that get um streamed onto that network as well it's a hub of knowledge that's extremely useful um some fantastic names that are on there um and then just be on the lookout for my live shows i got some really good uh presentations coming up and the course which the course itself uh will be my magnum opus to this date and I will also have information about the upcoming Funnel 4 conference, Freedom Under Natural Law, uh, Humanity Rising. So Funnel 4, Humanity Rising. That's the next conference coming up later on this year. And, uh, and I interact with, with people. You know, People message me. I reply to emails and to messages, people that have questions on conscious parenting, natural law, morality, et cetera. Um, I, I like interacting with people, so feel free to, to email me through my website, willkeller.com. And my brother, thank you for doing the great work that you're doing and ha for having me on. I appreciate you. Thank you so much, Will. We're going to put all of that information in the page, the links, and the social media so that you can find and connect with Will and learn more about all the amazing stuff he's doing. Um, thank you for joining us on this today on the Pioneers of the Great Awakening. If you want to learn more about our podcast, you want to go to Jorn.tv. That's J-O-U-R-N.tv. That's the homepage of the podcast. The main podcast we address, we've had over almost 800 episodes right now. And then we have the Pioneers of the Great Awakening, which is a kind of a soup podcast. The main podcast is just audio, but the soup podcast, we have audio and video. At the bottom menu, you will see the Pioneers link, and you can see all the video uh, guests that we have sharing their journey with us there. You can also find us on Rumble. At the bottom right corner of Jorn.tv, you'll see the support button. You'll see all of our social media, all the places you can find our podcast. You can sign up to our mailing list. And you can, uh, if you want to contact us, the best way to contact us, join our Telegram chat room. And this is our community there. You have any questions, suggestions, ideas, or just want to hang out and, and you know, let us know where you are, what, what you're doing. That's the place to connect with this community. We also have three news outlets, the uh, Telegram News um, uh, news Channel, uh, Truth Social, and an X, uh, which was Twitter. And it's all kind of like we try to look for the most objective, logical um kind of explanation to many of the stuff that's going at a physical level. We don't really go very spiritual there. That's what the podcast is for. That's what the chat room is for. And uh, we have the Rumble also. You can find all of the pioneers there. If you want to look into our coaching, if you want help with your whatever you're going through, we got a one-on-one -on -one where we dive into the gene keys. What do we do with this tool to dissolve? of the personality to awaken that inner natural drive and that like gut sonar so that you can navigate through this reality, make decisions as they coming to you. Because right now we are barely having even time to think out the decisions. We need to be like on a state of flow and organic and centered. And so that's the work we're doing there. And we can, we do our one-on-one -on -one sessions with that. Do we have a specific coach? coaching program for people which call it life design 
if you find yourself being a different person wherever you go in a different situations, there is a center, an inner natural spiritual purpose. And when you align with that spiritual purpose, it comes out and it blooms into every aspect of your life, with your relationships, with your family, with your business. And that at the end of the day, you're not going to find yourself exhausted because you've been all these different people for all these different people. So there's a very specific way of centering yourself, finding your deepest spiritual purpose. We also have a coaching program for people who stuck in the dark night of the soul. This is not for everybody because you have to be ready to step out of it. And the way you step out of it is to just do it. In the midst of your pain, in the midst of your suffering, you choose to be of service. There is not going to be an end to your suffering until you step out of it consciously and actually become of service. And eventually that pain is going to get transmuted and there's a way to move through that. But not everybody is ready for that. We have a specific coaching program for coaches. And this is uh, to utilize and learn all the tools of podcasting, the technical aspect, the marketing aspects to generate highly qualified client leads that are specifically targeted to you that want to work with you because of your unique authentic self-expression a lot of people fall apart with that and you target specifically and they you connect with your tribe and that's called a client generator all of that is at the bottom right corner of joan.tv click on that support button and you can learn more about those there thank you thank you so much for listening for watching and we'll see you on our next episode of the pioneers of the great awakening thank you very much bye bye